All right, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast, and it is summer, and you know what that means, right? It is summer movie season. Today's episode, I am breaking down the 2023 summer movie season. I'm giving you all the rundown of what to expect to see at your theaters this summer, my picks for the five best movies that you should spend your hard-earned money on this summer, the movie that I think could end up being a huge disappointment, and a movie that's coming out this summer that might slip between the cracks, in between The Flash, Indiana Jones, Marvel movies, new Chris Nolan, Barbie, and more. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast brings to you the 2023 Summer Movie Preview Episode. And we are back with our 2023 Summer Movie Preview Episode. My name is Russ, and uh, normally I have a guest with me on the show each week, but uh, unfortunately with some scheduling conflicts, some family stuff going on with uh, the guests that I had planned, just me flying the ship today, so I hope you guys and gals do enjoy me talking to myself essentially for the next 30 to 45 minutes. I am battling uh, the remnants of a nasty head cold, which is why this episode has been uh, continually pushed back for the last few days, so I do apologize on the delay, but I hope it is a good enough episode that you guys and gals get some enjoyment and some fun facts out of it. Um, as you know, summer movie season has officially kicked off. Uh, we are recording on a Monday night, which we are within three to four days of the release of Fast 10, but a couple weeks ago, Disney released Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 into theaters, which opened up to not quite up to the standards of Marvel uh, opening weekends. Uh, Guardians did about $113, $114 million opening weekend, but it did have a 47% drop this past weekend, which is the second lowest drop in the history of the MCU for going from opening weekend to second weekend. So that's telling me that the word of mouth is incredible on this and people are going to continue to see it. I have personally not seen it yet, uh, but I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, the key that I, or the key phrase I keep hearing is that it seems to be kind of what the MCU was prior to Endgame, which those of you that listen to the show have heard me say a time or two that the MCU offerings since Endgame have been kind of lackluster. Uh, okay, but they seem to have lacked that wow factor that we had prior to the release of Endgame. It seems like, honestly, once you come off that high, it's going to be hard to keep that train going. But I'm very excited to go see it. Hopefully, my schedule will free up to allow me to go see it this weekend. Uh, the one thing that I do hate about the summer movie season is it seems like there's something new coming out every week. And it's kind of hard to keep keep tabs and keep track and go to the movies every single week, especially when you've got a family like I do and you've got other obligations. But Guardians of the Galaxy heard great things about it. Uh, kicked off the summer movie season with a bang. So that is very good news for movie lovers and I'm sure Disney shareholders that Guardians is holding up extremely well. So 
the month of May seems to be kind of lacking in terms of the amount of new releases that are coming, like the big releases. There's some smaller films coming out, but it seems like May has pretty much been reserved for Guardians of the Galaxy, which opened up May the 5th. Uh, this upcoming Friday, May the 19th, we are getting the 10th installment in the Fast and Furious franchise, Fast 10, which is supposed to be a two-part finale, but there has been some rumblings on the old Twitter and other uh, new sites that this could be a three-part finale. So who knows? I guess it really depends on how well this one does, which I'm sure it will do well. It seems like these movies have been juggernauts especially since the release of Fast Five when they introduced The Rock. And it seems like they just keep going uh, more absurd and more ludicrous with the stunts, which is kind of the charm of the the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, let's be real. If you're looking for realism, the Fast and Furious franchise is obviously not going to be your cup of tea. I personally love them. I'm planning on being there opening uh, weekend to go check this one out. Um, And then there are... The last big release of May is going to be the live-action remake of Disney's Little Mermaid, which the live-action remakes have been a pretty big business for Disney, uh, well, the last couple of years, uh, not so much. I mean, Mulan, I know it was a really good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but really harmed by the pandemic, and I know they've kicked some of their other ones. I know they did a Lady and the Tramp remake. They did Pinocchio with Tom Hanks, which I have not heard great things about. But uh, Little Mermaid looks pretty good. I know a lot of the old white communities uh, pretty upset that they cast an African-American actress in the lead role. I think it's awesome. I've always been of the belief that, A, if the actor, actress is good, put them in there. I mean, it's a live-action remake of a fucking mermaid movie. If you guys are fucking upset about realism, it's a fucking mermaid, but uh, I'm going to keep politics out of it. I think this movie is going to be huge. Uh, Little Mermaid is one of those Disney movies that seems to be iconic no matter what generation. Uh, We just introduced my daughter recently to the animated version of it, and she's very excited to see the live action remake that this could be her first time going to a movie theater is to see the little mermaid. So kind of excited to share in what, uh, one of the things I love going to do with my daughter. So I'll be uh, seeing that one, uh, may, I think it's just going to be pretty much run by those three movies. I know there's a, a Ben Affleck movie just released called hypnotic, which I have not heard great things about directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Burt Kreshner, the comedian, has a movie, I think it's called The Machine, based on his uh, his comedy act where he's uh, involved with the Russian mob. I doubt that does anything to put a dent into the uh, the big juggernauts of the month, but I don't know, it might be something to go check out or at least check it out when it hits streaming. But uh, I know those three movies are definitely going to be huge for May. Uh, but looking at the schedule, uh, June is the month that if you are a movie lover, this might be the best month to invest in one of those plans that say the Regal or Cinemark offers where you get, like if you buy a subscription, like a membership to their clubs, you could get a movie a week for free because uh, the month of May is 
loaded. I mean, absolutely loaded with uh, big hits. Uh, kicks off with the sequel to a Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, sequel to the animated film from a few years ago, which was fantastic. Most people, including myself, put it up in the upper echelon of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Uh, and this is one of those movies that seemed to garner a great word of mouth. Didn't open up huge to a huge box office when it came out a few years ago, but it steadily, it had the box office legs, as they say. It just it seemed to have uh, very minimal drops week in and week out. And I think this one's going to be even bigger. Uh, we haven't had a Spider-Man movie since No Way Home in December of 21, which is hard to believe. It feels like that was ages ago. So there's definitely going to be a Spider-Man appetite between that. Uh, Actually, after uh, a movie comes out later this month, uh, those are going to be the only superhero movies we're going to get for a little while, at least with the big names. So I think the appetite's going to be there. I think this one's going to be extremely big. Um, Speaking of comic book characters, uh, the 16th of June, we get The Flash, the long-awaited, long-troubled, long-delayed Live action flash movie that brings back Michael Keaton as Batman. Uh, when we did our Super Bowl trailer episode a few months ago, this is the movie that I'm most excited to see this summer. Uh, there is some troubles with the star Ezra Miller, got into some legal trouble, seems to have cleaned up his act, uh, really doesn't excuse his behavior. It seems like they're kind of keeping him out of promoting the film, which is probably a good thing. Uh, I've noticed that the ads seem to be very Batman-heavy, which probably a good thing for a number of different reasons. Uh, Batman is DC's cash cow. It's the return of Michael Keaton, who most people consider to be the best movie version of Batman, company included. Uh, We get some Ben Affleck Batman, too, and the trailer looked fantastic. Fucking phenomenal. Uh, when they dropped this on Super Bowl Sunday, I had been waiting with bated breath that it would at least be decent because let's be real, DC's track record with their superhero movies has been spotty. For every Wonder Woman and Aquaman and The Suicide Squad, you get uh, The Suicide Squad with uh, David Ader. You've gotten The Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Batman vs. Superman, you get the drift. But this one looks to be really good. A lot of great buzz coming out of this one. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I know I will be there opening day to see this one. Uh, I was sold the minute they said Keaton was coming back as Batman. And I was a little worried that with the trouble that Ezra Miller was getting into that, and then, of course, Warner Brothers infamously decided to scrap Batgirl altogether, which was supposed to have Michael Keaton as well. That I was never going to get to see Keaton don the cowl again, but fortunately, cooler heads prevailed, and uh, this movie is coming out. And I did, uh, I completely skipped over it. Uh, before that, on June the 8th, is the Transformers, uh, it's the Beast Wars version. Uh, I didn't get the official title here. I do a Apologize for my shoddy homework on this one, but uh, Transformers has a new movie coming out. It's The Rise of the Beast. It's uh, 
the newest installment, the Transformer series, which I have, I'm personally not a big fan of. I love the cartoon as a kid. I thought the movies have been kind of more miss and hit. Uh, Bumblebee was the kind of the soft reboot of the franchise. I thought Bumblebee was fantastic. That's how you should make a Transformers movie. I'm kind of hoping that this one is uh, kind of along the same lines. I don't know if I'll be seeing this one when it first comes out. Uh, trailers haven't really done anything for me. But, I mean, it's still going to be big. Transformers does bring people out. The Beast Wars cartoon, I remember, was extremely popular when I was younger. So that's going to bring out the crowds as well. So I don't know. Uh, maybe Beast Wars is, or The Rise of the Beast is going to be good. Uh, just I'm not... Super excited about it. Um, we uh, we dove into the Flash a little bit. There's also, on the 16th, Pixar's dropping a new animated movie, Elemental. It uh, has to do with uh, fire and water. Looks like it's falling in love. Didn't really see much of the trailers for it. I'll get into Elemental here uh, shortly when I give to you the five movies that you must see this summer. I'm going to have one that could disappoint and one that's going to be a surprise, maybe Elemental pops up on one of those lists. But uh, Pixar does have a very strong track record prior to the pandemic of putting out fantastic movies. I don't really expect this to be any different. It's just really a matter of whether people go see it. But I'll get into that when I uh, go into my what you should see and what you should skip this summer. Um, on the 30th uh, is probably... Uh, movie that I'm very excited for. Uh, movie coming off of a sequel that was a very big disappointment. It's uh, on June the 30th, right before the 4th of July weekend. You are getting Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, trailers have looked really good for this one. Uh, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Uh, I have said, I think I even said it on. Uh, our episode last week that my two favorite movie characters of all time are Indiana Jones and Han Solo, both played by Harrison Ford. This is uh, apparently Harrison Ford's last go around as Indiana Jones, uh, directed by James Mangold, who's got a really good track record for action movies. He did Logan, which is considered by most to be the best X-Men movie ever made. I agree. Uh, he did Ford versus for, for, Ford v Ferrari, Ford versus Ferrari, however you say it. That was a really awesome movie. It kind of slipped under the radar right before the pandemic in 2019. He uh, also did 310 to Yuma, great western with Christian Bale and uh, Russell Crowe. The guy's got a fantastic track record. I don't expect this one to be any different. Steven Spielberg is even on record as saying that that's how you make an Indiana Jones movie when he went to a screening of the film a few weeks ago. So I really hope it's good. Uh, I think Indiana Jones should have ended with three. That is probably one of the best endings to a movie franchise that they ever done. It was Indy riding off into the sunset with his dad, Marcus Brody and Sala at the end of last crusade, but they decided like most actors that are kind of in need of a box office hit. They tend to go back to the characters that made him famous. Uh, Harrison Ford's no different. He's went on to, he's came back as Han Solo and Indiana Jones to mixed results, but I'm really hoping that this one is good. Uh, I will say that I 
use uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of a Crystal Skull as a lesson to my kids to not get extremely excited for one particular thing because if you get too excited, it gets built up in your mind that it's going to be the greatest thing ever made, done, whatever, and it always will lead to disappointment. So I really hope this is no... I hope I'm wrong on this one. Uh, This could also be on my list of movies to go uh, see. It could be a disappointment. Stick around for that as soon as I get done. Uh, Heading into July... July is kind of lacking compared to what we got in June because it seems like every week there's a big title coming out in June. Seems to slow down a little bit in July, um, probably because the 4th of July weekend, that's going to have a lot of uh, flash carryover business. Indiana Jones opens that weekend, so I think it's smart to hold off on releasing something for a few weeks. But to kick off July is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which for those of you that are fans of the series, Mission Impossible seems to be the franchise that continues to get better as the series progresses. I don't expect anything different from this one. Uh, Tom Cruise coming off of Top Gun Maverick, which I said last year on our uh, 2022 summer movie preview episode, the Top Gun was going to be the best movie of the summer and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think I was right on that one. This one looks phenomenal. They've only leaked or released one trailer for it, though, which is a little surprising. I know this one has experienced quite a few delays from the pandemic, so they could still be working on it for all I know. But uh, I think this one's going to be huge. Uh, can't wait for Mission Impossible. I absolutely adore this franchise. Um, it's kind of taken over for me as uh, the best spy franchise. I know... Bond had the championship belt for quite a long time. Bourne had a little bit of a run with it. And now I think Mission Impossible is like kind of the standard for uh, spy franchises. Tom Cruise knows how to make movies. I mean, say what you will about him outside of movies. His personal life could be crazy. Not going to get into the Scientology bit, but the man knows how to make movies. And I think this one's going to be absolutely huge. Um, Then on the 19th, of July, we do, or no, I do apologize, the 21st of July is, looks like on paper, the biggest showdown between two movies is uh, we get Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, which is about uh, Oppenheimer, the scientist who invented the atom bomb, which changed the world for, for worse. I mean, created nuclear weapons, but it looks to be a fantastic film. Nolan always hits home runs, even Tenet, which was kind of hard to understand. I still thought it was a pretty entertaining movie. had to watch it a couple times to figure out what the fuck is going on in it. I still think uh, really good. And he's had some experience with uh, World War II films. Dunkirk, an absolute masterpiece. If you have not seen Dunkirk, I highly recommend checking that one out, which is kind of the movie that I'm going to compare Oppenheimer most to kind of more of a, a talky drama with a little bit of action peppered in. But I think for the most part, it's going to be more along the lines of what you get out of Dunkirk, but uh, it's got Killian Murphy, Matt Damon. I think Ben Affleck is in this. It's got a ton of stars in this one. Um, Barbie. 
a live-action version of Barbie, which stars Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken, directed by Greta Gerwig, who did Little Women, also is coming out on the 21st. Um, I don't, honestly don't know how this movie's going to do. Uh, we showed the trailer to my, or like a little clips and pictures to my daughter, who's an absolute diehard Barbie fan. I think she's got 30, 40, 50, I lost count, Barbie dolls. She absolutely loves it, but I don't know how the movie's going to translate. It could be really good, but I don't know how it's going to appeal to little kids. I mean, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what it's rated and what, uh, I don't know if they're going to go after the young crowd, the kid crowd that's going to want to see it three or four times or whether they're going to go after the older crowd that's kind of, that leads into nostalgia. And it's like, you know, young girl, like women that grew up with Barbie. She's a, an institution at this point, 60 years, I think. Don't hold me to that math, but curious to see how this one performs. Um, but yeah, like those are pretty much the big movies of the summer. There's some other stuff coming out in uh, August, which seems to be kind of the doldrums of summer. Uh, you might get kind of a mild hit. Uh, Blue Beetle, new DC comic book character. I seen the trailer for the first time a couple of days ago. wasn't super blown away by it. It kind of gives me Shazam vibes which uh, I liked the first Shazam. Wasn't super blown away by it. It was a cool movie. It was nice to see Marvel or DC go in a little bit of a different direction compared to how they had been doing their movies, but it wasn't one that warranted a sequel. And as we all know, most people did not turn out to see Shazam back in March, the sequel. I kind of think this was going to suffer the, the same fate, uh, not super excited to see this one. Uh, one that I am curious about coming out in August is Gran Turismo based on the Sony PlayStation games directed by Neil Blomkamp, uh, director of District 9, Elysium, and then uh, what is that last name? Chappie about the robot. Um, District 9, one of the best original sci-fi movies of the last, geez, 20 years. That movie is phenomenal. I don't know what happened to him, though. He kind of got sidetracked. Elysium seemed to be kind of a cool idea, but kind of wasn't ex executed properly, and I couldn't even finish Chappie. So I really hope for his sake that this one is good and it hits because that guy is a phenomenal director. He deserves more work, but when you're churning out less than stellar movies with big budgets... I think this might be one of the last chances he gets. So I'm real. I'm really pulling for him. Uh, the Meg two is coming out early August too. I think this one has the potential to be a, a late summer hit, kind of like the first one did. Uh, I love Jason Statham. Uh, man's uh, a world treasure. Uh, makes some of the greatest. I call them bad action movies. They're not bad per se, but. They're kind of those action movies that you could, if you just have an hour and 40 minutes to kill, you want to be entertained but don't want to really think, put on a Jason Statham action movie. I guarantee you'll be fucking entertained. Uh, I was very shockingly surprised by how much I liked the first Meg. Did uh, quite a bit of business. I think it was... Uh, I think it did close to three to $400 million worldwide, which warranted a sequel. 
I don't know why they don't call this Jason Statham versus a Megalodon. I think it would probably sell more tickets than that. But uh, first uh, things I've seen from it look kind of cool. I'll probably go see it just because it it's up my alley, kind of a, a crappy action movie. But those are pretty much the standouts of August. August is usually kind of the slow month. But I am very excited for this uh, summer movie season. It seems like the first time since 2019 this really feels like summer movies are back. Uh, 2020, of course, was a fucking nightmare. Uh, The only stuff that you got to see was at a drive-in. It was movies that came out 30, 40 years ago. Uh, 21 was a little better. Uh, started getting some of the Marvel stuff coming out late July that seemed to kind of kick off after that. But the 2022, uh, was good. Um, obviously Top Gun Maverick came out, but it seemed like they were more spread out. And even some of the big movies like Jurassic World was not that great. Uh, Elvis was okay. I think it was kind of overrated. Uh, trying to think of what else came out in 2022 during summer. Yeah, Doctor Strange was another one that was solid but not fantastic. So I'm really hoping that summer movies are back. It's one of my favorite things to do during the summer. Uh, Just to go to the movies, kind of take my mind off shit for a couple hours. Mindless entertainment. It's something I've always done as a kid. So I'm really hoping that this slate of movies that's coming out really hit a home run. Um, but enough of me rambling. You guys are probably wanting to know what I'm going to recommend you go see this summer. So my top five is Fast and Furious 10 comes in at number five. Uh, I gave it the slight edge over Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse simply because I'm a fan of the franchise. I think in terms of being a better movie, I think Spider-Man's probably going to be a better movie, but... I can't quit this Fast and Furious franchise. I've been roped in since the beginning. I know they're ludicrous. I know they're fucking stupid. But I am still enthralled for the two, two and a half hours I'm in a movie theater watching these. And I cannot wait for this. I really hope it doesn't disappoint. Um, Like I said, if you guys and gals are looking forward to seeing this, stay off the internet. There is a gigantic spoiler that's online right now. I'm sure it's probably going to be unavoidable. But if you can, don't read anything about Fast 10 until after you see it. Uh, Number four is Oppenheimer. I think uh, Chris Nolan, I think one of the best filmmakers of our current generation, I kind of put him in uh, Quentin Tarantino territory where he alone can sell a movie with his name attached to it. Uh, I think this this could be another Dunkirk, which... I think Dunkirk should have won Best Picture the year that The Shape of Water won. It should have been Dunkirk or Get Out. Those were obviously the two best movies that were nominated in that field. Should have won Best Picture. Um, Really looking forward to this. Uh, Anytime, like I said, Chris Nolan, his name's attached to something, I'm going to see it. Probably going to go see this in IMAX because that man shoots his movies specifically for the IMAX format. So it's going to look amazing. Uh, the content is something that hasn't been explored yet in movies, really. I mean, there was a movie that came out in the late 80s called Fat Man and Little Boy. It starred Paul Newman. Uh, that's really about the only thing that I can remember. I'm probably wrong. If I am, 
shoot me an email or light me up on Twitter about it. But uh, the atom bomb has been a subject that hasn't been really explored too much in movies. The creation, like the true story of it anyway. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, number three is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, what can I say? Like, I'm a sucker for Indiana Jones. Like, if the review started leaking tomorrow and it said that this movie was an absolute dumpster fire, I would still probably go see it opening day just so I can form my own opinion on it. Uh, but it looks kind of cool. Uh, they really did a good job on the de-aging on Harrison Ford, who's 80. I really hope this is his last hurrah. Like It's 80, and it's almost getting to the point where you can't really believe him doing the stuff that he's doing. Um, but looks like it could be a fun movie. I really hope that they course correct from the kingdom of the Crystal Skull and give Indiana Jones a proper send-off. Um, number two is going to be Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Like I said before, this is the standard for spy franchises right now in the entertainment industry. Tom Cruise knows how to make movies. I'm still expecting to hear that he's going to somehow end up in space or he's going to end up killing himself at some point, doing some crazy stunt. I really don't want to read that, but that's kind of how I almost expect him to uh, meet his demise uh, I have. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've told my friends that I consider at this point in his career, I think Tom Cruise is the Jackie Chan of the United States. Jackie Chan is, of course, known for his crazy stunts and many, many, many uh, movie out of Hong Kong. Of course, American audiences know him from the Rush Hour series, but the franchise speaks for itself. They have seemed to have upped the ante Every single film after since three, basically, because two, let's be real, two fucking sucked. But ever since three, it seems like they've progressively gotten better. Uh, Fallout was probably one of the five or ten best action movies of the decade. And I think that this one's going to be even better. Um, but number one, the movie that I'm most excited for this summer and the movie that I think that you should pluck down your hard-earned money for is The Flash. I mean, come on. Michael Keaton, back as Batman, that sells itself. I mean, the fact that it is The Flash. The Flash was always kind of like a very cool, I, I wouldn't call him a B-plus hero in, the, in DC because I mean, he's pretty iconic. I mean, he's the guy that can run at the speed of light, but he's not quite on that Wonder Woman Batman, Superman level, he's probably on the next tier under, along with like the Green Lantern. I think DC, the buzz on this has been fantastic. Tom Cruise, star of Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, says this movie's fantastic. He got to see an early screening of it. Uh, President of Warner Brothers Discovery says this movie is the best comic book movie ever made. James Gunn, the new head the new steward of the uh, DC MU or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. The DC movie universe says this movie is fantastic. Uh, I don't know if it's hyperbole or just the way that they're kind of uh, getting Ezra Miller out of doing a lot of uh, press for this, but the early buzz has been really good. Um, I think this is the movie that I mean, if I, 
had a ticket to see one movie this summer, this would probably be it. Uh, like I said, I'm a sucker for Batman. Uh, but I mean, you know, you guys make your choice. Uh, I'll drop a link on our socials to check out the trailers so you guys can make your picks. Um, I did get some interesting answers. I talked to a few members of the Couch Potato Universe, people that have contributed on the show before to get their picks for the top five movies that they want to see this summer. Uh, I talked to Lucas, my former co-host. He's, uh, he still, uh, talks to me quite a bit, misses you guys and gals, uh, trying to get him back onto an episode at some point. Uh, he kind of has, uh, his top five. He's looking forward to Gran Turismo, which, uh, was a little bit of a, a shocker, but still, I think it could be very interesting. Uh, of course, he had the usual suspects, The Flash. He had Mission Impossible. Not really looking forward to Indiana Jones. But uh, Adam, producer Adam, was supposed to be on the episode tonight. But unfortunately, uh, it seems like we are all having issues with our kids being sick. I really hope that your kids don't pass along whatever they have to you, Adam. So, But uh, Adam had his uh, top five ready to go. Uh he had a lot of the same movies that I did. He had Oppenheimer, he had The Flash, had Indy, had uh, Mission Impossible. He had uh, Little Mermaid on his list, I'm sure being the father of two girls that probably had something to do with it too. Uh, also, producer Adam and his family are big Disney fans. So, yeah, I mean, I think The Little Mermaid's going to be good. I hope that it is. Uh, I mean, the cast looked really good. Uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot come out of it, though. So, I don't know, uh, maybe as it gets closer to Memorial Day weekend, I'll see some more stuff coming out of it. Um, in terms of the movie that I think is going to be the biggest disappointment, um, I think it's going to be Elemental, the Pixar movie. And I don't think it's going to be really a matter of whether the movie's any good. Pixar movies have been good. It just, I think at this point... Uh, since the pandemic, I think families are starting to become trained at the fact that Pixar movies are going to be on Disney Plus. Uh, every, it seems, uh, in Kanto, uh, was that The Turning Red? I think it was a Pixar movie. I'm not 100% sure. But the last few offerings from Pixar have been on Disney Plus. And then the last theatrical movie that they did that they released in theaters was uh, Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear prequel. And I did not hear great things about that movie. And it subsequently ended up on Disney plus sooner rather than later. So I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where I hope it does good. Cause I mean, Pixar's kind of like a brand name. When it comes to movies. When you see the Pixar logo in a movie, there's a certain level of quality that you've come to expect out of that and you know it's going to be good and you don't feel like as a father a mother taking your kids to see a Pixar movie that you're going to get shortchanged it's going to be pretty good but just I think that families now it seems like I could be wrong Super Mario Brothers is doing fantastic business right now uh, crossed a billion dollars I think it's one of the two or three highest grossing animated movies of all time right now if not Two, three, it's got to be in the top five. 
Um, so, I mean, it can be done. Even Despicable Me did big business last year. But I think families, when it comes to Disney stuff, are just kind of grown to expect these movies are going to be on Disney Plus sooner rather than later. So why am I going to plunk down to take, you know, if you're a family of four, you know, your the husband, the wife, two kids, why are you going to plunk down 50, 60 bucks to go see a movie when you can use that money elsewhere and just watch that movie in the comfort of your own home in a couple months. So I don't know. I think it's going to be the movie. that's going to disappoint, not because of how it's going to be quality wise. I, it looks to be a typical Pixar offering. And like I said, Pixar is usually really good. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Plus it's going up against the flash the same day. And that's one of those move like those moves. It's like, okay, you've got a huge gap in uh, May between, you know, the two weeks between Guardians and uh, Fast 10. You've also got that gap between Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible. Or why not release the movie the same day as Indiana Jones? But then again, I guess that's counterproductive since Disney owns Indiana Jones now and it's they're pretty much going to be competing against themselves. So I guess if you're not going to release it uh, August the was it August the twenty first or whenever that's coming out? I guess when are you going to release it? So I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of a disappointment, but we will see. I have been proven wrong a time or two. Uh, going into there's, uh, I want to give you guys and gals one movie that I think could be kind of a surprise, and I seen the trailer for this movie. During John Wick 4, it's called The Blackening, and it has an all-black cast, and I absolutely adore horror movies that kind of give a satirical take on the rules of the slasher movie. Scream is one of my all-time favorite horror movies because it basically takes all those rules and just tells you what they are, mocks them, and basically changes the rules of horror as we know it forever. Uh, the blackening kind of takes one of the, the uh, old slasher tropes of uh, the black, like the black lead or the black cast member is usually the first one to die. Well, in a house, it's an, it's five or six. Uh, it's like African American. It's like three men, three women, in like kind of a cabin. And they get kind of locked into the basement trying to find a board game because it's they're bored in this cabin. And then it turns out it's almost like kind of like a saw type of deal. And I just thought the premise was very interesting. And it looks like it's going to be very funny along with, you know, I'm sure it's probably going to be gory because it's how horror movies are now. But I think it looks very intriguing. And I think it could be one of those sneaky movies that it's not going to like do big box office, but it could be one of those movies that ekes out like a $60 million uh, total before it's all said and done. Um, It looks like it's coming out in, uh, comes out June 16th. It comes out the same 
day as the Flash. But, uh, yeah, I just think it looks really cool. Um, and I think it's done by Tim Story, a uh, director. He's done a bunch of stuff. I think he did the, uh, oh, I'm not going to hang his hat on this, but he did those awful Fantastic Four movies for Fox. He did some other stuff, too. I mean, he's a pretty steady-handed director. So I think the premise looks fantastic, though. Uh, tagline is really funny. It says, we can't all die first. But I think the premise looked phenomenal and trailer looked really good. Uh, John Wick 4 actually had a couple of really good trailers. Had that Zizu trailer too, that uh, Swedish action flick where the farmer just starts going fucking ham and just starts wiping out Nazis left and right in, uh, during World War II. looked fucking amazing. I think it's hitting digital this week, so I might have to check that out. But yeah, the blackening, definitely check it out. I'll post a trailer for it uh, on our socials as well. So, I mean, it looked really good. Uh, I think that could be a sleeper hit. And if it doesn't do well at the box office, I do have a feeling it's going to be one of those movies that gets an extended life once it hits, you know, streaming uh, video on demand. And it's one of those your friend your friend tells you about it, then you tell your friends, and then they tell their friends. You know the Wayne's World gag. But uh, that's pretty much all I got for today. Uh, I hope this episode turns out okay. I'm always very self-conscious about doing these on my own, and the fact that I'm kind of recovering from a really gnarly head cold really hasn't helped. So I don't even know if anything I said was coherent tonight. I hope it was. I hope you guys get some enjoyment out of this. Um, please hit us up on our socials. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Email us at couchbrotatopodcast at gmail.com if you have any concerns, questions, thoughts, complaints, whatever. Feel free to email me. Always answering fan mail. Uh, I get a couple a week now, which is kind of cool. It just people not really asking any questions, but just kind of interacting, which is kind of cool. So I encourage you guys email us, interact with us on Twitter. Uh, you can find our links to our social media into the episode description. So please uh, check us out. And if you like what we're doing here, best way you can support my show is to leave us a five star review on Apple. Or Spotify lets the algorithms know that people are listening, people are enjoying the show, and it helps get the show out there for people that are searching for like-minded programming. So they want to hear a dude with a nasty head cold ramble on about summer movies for the last 40 minutes. That'll take them to this show before it takes them to the other. So please leave us a five-star review if you dig what we're doing here. If you didn't like what we're doing, man, just kind of, Hey, I've spent an hour of my time on worse things, and I'll just keep it moving. So thank you guys and gals. I will talk to you guys next week, and I promise that we'll be back on a regular schedule. It seems like every time we get into a routine, something comes up, and I get sick or something comes up. But I promise you guys we're going to be back on a regular rhythm. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next week, I will talk to you guys later.